You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, welcome everybody into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online, to, order online today at picassospizza.net. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Joe Miller. I'm one of the hosts of this year's show. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wire. That guy sitting right over there next to me is the one, the only Jay Spence the King. What's up, Jay Spence the King? Hump day. It is hump day. Hump that like, it's baby. Hump day. Go ahead oh. and hump that like. <laughs> I'm wearing the uh, college alma mater t-shirt. So we went to, uh, it was during the Kansas City game. So when the Kansas City game happened in uh, in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, I went to college in Springfield, Missouri, and we took uh, McKenna on a college visit to where I went to school, and I got to buy some swag. So I'm actually wearing, I haven't worn it much, but I'm wearing that swag right now. Evangel University. Let's go. So, well, it's hump day. We it got Richard rushing to build him. Pam is on time. What is happening? Pa- Pamela is on time. So the world must be cut. The, the planes were <laughs> grounded, and Pamela's on time. The world is coming to an end. It's official. <laughs> Shout out to my guy David. He says happy hump day. We got Tia Stale, the What's one up, and T? only. What's up, T? Uh, let's see, McNizzle's in the bizzle. That's how you know Snoop would say it. McBizzles <laughs> in the bizzle. <laughs> David Reed. <laughs> we got uh Daryl Domes. My every we got we got a good crew in here tonight. We got James in here. All the right. Shout out to James. We all we always love James. Is you know that's a good name. Yeah. Russ and Sarah, uh, Western New York Bricky. Like everybody's in here. My girl B is in here. Listen, happy hump day, Tracy, and everybody. I'm excited to be back. Last week we were off, man, and it wasn't because we wanted to be off, you know. Yeah. So I didn't get a chance to really even talk to you. I know we text a little bit here and there, but I didn't get a chance to talk to you. Uh, and kind of, I've seen overreaction. I've seen, but yeah. I haven't talked to you. So let's yeah. let's talk a little bit, just like to reflect on last week. Um, well, I I said on my show, which you are you already know, and probably some of the people in the chat and the comment section do too. I just didn't have anything to say last week as far as just after the events, right? There was just a great deal of, and I think I may have texted you that as well, that this just felt like a moment that the professionals can handle it. And they did. The mm-hmm. NFL Network was wall-to-wall coverage. ESPN, I'll be honest with you, I don't like ESPN's coverage for pretty much anything. And ESPN crushed the DeMar Hamlin coverage. They did better than the NFL Network. The NFL Network regurgitated a lot of stuff. 
Um, whereas ESPN just did a very good job of just covering everything from two, obviously from when it happened, because it happened on ESPN live the whole, all the way through, uh, Scott Van Pelt and, uh, uh, who was the guy that was on with him? It's, it just literally just his, his name just vanished from my brain. Uh, the, the former player. Oh, Ryan Clark. Yes. Um, yeah, RC, RC was with him and like, they did a tremendous job. You know, there were there were moments there were moments in backing up all the way to when it initially happened. There were moments when it was Susie Culver and it was Adam Schefter and it was uh, Boogie. And I felt like they knew something that they weren't telling us just because they were awkwardly, weirdly quiet mm -hmm. at times. And I think at one point Susie even said, well, we probably need to talk. We need to say something because we're live on television right now. But I just felt like I didn't have a whole lot to say. And I it just seemed like that carried pretty true for everybody. Right. I mean, I think all of us, all of us content creators that are more hobbyist um, just kind of got out of the way and kind of let the situation do its thing and, and let the situation kind of play out. And I was overwhelmed and taken completely back by just the way this country came together around a young man, the spiritual awakening that happened through that week the people that were pointed to prayer and the people that did it. And just, um, it was tremendous. It was overly emotional all the way through that insane storybook kickoff return in the, in the opening sequence, like dude, it, it was just, it was tremendous. I found myself not crying at the appointed times when you're supposed to cry. For me, it was thinking back on it after even the kickoff. Like I, for me, I welled up, afterwards like on tuesday or monday morning when like i watched it on good morning foot like just that it just it just hit me then i was like this is oh this is wild like that this whole thing happened so it was unbelievable i mean i don't know what you were looking for me or from me for, for that but <laughs> we can keep talking about it so i got a ton of i could talk about that for probably three hours but yeah no, no. I mean, I, I, what you just gave me is exactly what I was looking for. I know, like I said, you and I talked on the phone and we both kind of had the same thing where it was like, you know, I understand we were getting tagged quite a bit, actually, more than I would have expected, uh, where people were saying like, hey, we need you guys to do a show, kind of just like be a voice and uh, a distraction in this moment and and all of that. And and while I understand that at, at some point we grow to be that for people. I, I had nothing to say, you know what right. I mean? Like it was yep. just, it was such a moment. And then some of the things that I shared with you about conversations that I've had with, with people that it really just left me speechless, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just didn't have anything to say. And, um, you know, we don't have to talk on this all night. I feel like now it's been a week and a week and a half. And like you mentioned, NFL network did an, a, a decent job. I feel yeah. like I agree with you. ESPN did a fantastic, phenomenal yeah. job. I think Booger, Booger spoke uh, on this situation the way I would hope somebody would speak about it if it happened to me or right. if it happened to a family member. Uh, Ryan Clark did an amazing job. Like, I think I think the two of them, I think even Bruce said it on Twitter. He tweeted out, like, Booger McFarland was placed in an unbelievable situation and he, and he, you know, he did as well as anybody could imagine. So shout out to ESPN. Shout out to everybody that um, mm -hmm. that did cover it and was able to be a professional in that moment and not let the emotions get to them. You know, I, I, I was terrible, man. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> it was just, it was horrible. So, um, fast forward, all the good news happening. He was discharged today. Today. Yep. So, um, 
Good news, man. Good news. Just, just absolutely. You know what? I know uh, Troy just mentioned in the comments, and I, I know you, you texted me this, and you wanted to um, kind of highlight that for a moment. Dan Orlovsky on ESPN. We don't normally hear uh, prayers openly, and we don't, right. we don't mix religion and TV and religion and right. sports. <laughs> right. And it was a moment for you that I could tell for you it was like this is refreshing. Like this yep. is, you know, this is beautiful. Uh, you want to talk about that, or you kind of want to? It, it's just, it was just a, it was just an overwhelming, it was an overwhelming thing for the entire week. Um, you know, and, and even to hear at the end of it, and I'll get to Dan Orlovsky in a second, just to hear DeMar talk about and accept the fact that God was using him for a different reason that week. Um, and maybe even for the potential of the rest of his life, it's just, it's one thing to, to be in tragedy has always happened. At every level, Tra this tragedy is not something new since 1990, right? So the, all the stuff that we see, all the stuff that we hear about, all the stuff that we read about, tragedy has been happening in this world since life began here. The difference is, is we are now tuned in up to the very nanosecond that something happens, and it's literally right in front of our eyes and in, in front of our faces. I've got a doctor friend. Um, we were talking about just certain things and medical things and stuff like that. And he said, as it pertained to some stuff, as far as kind of like the edge that everybody lives on, he believes that we were never meant to be this connected to stress and to fear and to all the stuff that's going on in the world. He said, and it's very much affecting like a lot of people, especially like the younger generation, because it's right in their faces. Um, so we we spend all of this time and all of these moments to the point where it's become a joke and it it probably rightfully so thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers it's become the cry wolf oh we're just going to say thoughts and prayers and i guess just move on so to go through this situation and have everybody so tuned in to just this moment in time and then to have an espn anchor guy literally like i know we talk about prayer well right now the bills are praying <laughs> His family's asking us to pray. Everybody's asking us to pray. So why don't we just pray? And yeah. then to bow your head and pray on live national television for me was just, this is, this is, yep, let's do this. This is what it's about. So yeah, I retweeted that thing and and it just talked about the spiritual awakening to hear Josh Allen talk about it, to hear, you know, just everybody just around the entire league. I mean, it, it's just, we always have known that the NFL players and through most of the ranks are very faith kind of centric just because of what they do. They put their lives on the line, even though they never really thought their lives would be on the line. They do go out there and risk injury and all that kind of stuff. So they're all very faith centric. We know that, but everything just came whoosh right to the front. Like it's, it was just right there. So to see Dan Orlovsky do that was just a sincere powerful moment it wasn't fake in any way it wasn't contrived it wasn't you know i don't know I, i'm just looking for shallow just pick any of those words when you watch something you're like oh that makes me feel icky it was just it was just genuine and in the moment and it was yeah so yeah and and i mean we i'm sure we go through the comments and everybody Rex will Brian have losing, a, it, losing yeah. it yeah and and rex absolutely man like it, so obviously Bills fans know Rex from his time in Buffalo and even his time in New York as a as a coach. But I tell you, man, if you ever had the opportunity to meet Rex Ryan or if you've ever been around him, the the charisma and the energy that you see on screen is even greater in person. Like he's 
he's um he's one of those personalities where like when people say oh man that guy's bigger than life you know like right you're, if you actually get around him you will understand it like his energy is insane so like my my knowledge of that seeing him on espn on live tv um have that emotion and have those feelings and then like just to imagine i couldn't i couldn't have been around him <laughs> mm-hmm. you know the dude is Let's move on. I just like I said, I just wanted to kind of reflect on that and talk about that for a little bit. But but we're back. It's hump day. Um, I feel like because we were off last week, I don't know what your what your schedule is like, but I, I'm OK with going like maybe a 15 or, or 30 minute yeah. overtime because we didn't have much to we didn't weren't able to last last week. So uh, you want to you want to start like we normally do and, and start off with last week's game or do you just want to hit right you just want to hit the playoffs i don't want to talk too much about this past weekend because to me it was such an anomaly uh of a game just be just due to all this so was, you watch my show uh you know I, I i came in i had notes right i wasn't overly happy i was i had to go back and delete some tweets not a bunch a couple where i was just soft like the defense was just playing soft and i was just like soft and I had to rethink all that stuff. So I went back and deleted some tweets just because I felt like I was being a little too critical. And I mean, we could briefly talk about last weekend's game. I just, to me, even afterwards, when, when you hear the players, you know, even in, or it was actually Monday, they were talking about some of the commentaries were just that like, they barely practiced at all. And not, and not only did they barely practice, they were not focused on the task at hand. I mean, we didn't, they didn't get a positive, a true positive report. They saw DeMar Hamlin's face, what, on Friday, right? They found out he was awake mm-hmm. on Thursday, Friday saw morning. his face and whatever, blah, 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 Friday. And that's when you kind of come out of it. And then you watch the post-game pressers and Tredavious White is is still shook. So all the stuff has happened. DeMar is good. He's talking. He broke him down in the huddle and said, you know, uh, uh, Bill's on me, which, you know, he wears number three. So one, two, three Mm -hmm. Bill's right. So Bill's on me. So Tredavious goes through all of that stuff. They play the game. They win the game, like all the moments through the game. And in the post-game press conference, he's like, every time I get up, every time my life pauses, every time a commercial comes on, I go immediately back to Monday night in that moment. So for me, I don't, I don't know that I need to spend a whole bunch of time on that game just because I feel like they they got out of it with a win, which is what you're supposed to do. But I don't know that I can put anything on anybody as far as from a negative standpoint or a criti- like a criticism as far as like talking about how the game was played. They won. Naheem Hines shined. Right. Josh Allen threw three touchdowns. It was it was an incredible football game. I needed to see it. You needed to see it. I needed to see the Bills play. I needed to see them hit people. I needed to see the game. I need to see them see them get through the game. But yeah, for me. I don't know how much time I need to spend on that Patriots game. Do you have thoughts? We can talk about it for a minute. Yeah, I just wanted to say um, if anybody wanted to know, I know, so I know Josh Allen had an interception. I know, like Joe was saying, during certain moments of the game, it was probably like, you know, the defense playing soft. Like, why are we letting Mac Jones look like this? <laughs> I get it. 17 on three touchdown drives. <laughs> so, so no, I, open, I get that. Wide open receivers everywhere on the field. <laughs> I get that. A trillion percent. But I want to say to you, if there was ever – a game that Jay Spence the King would love. It was the game this past Sunday. Yes, it was. I tweeted uh, it. Just, the only thing that would have made it better if if Jordan would have got an interception too. I mean, everybody I love, like the yeah. everything I love, 
yep. shined on Sunday. Yep. We had two special teams touchdowns. We had an interception from Tremaine Edmonds. We had an interception from Matt Milano. We had, like, I mean, just literally everything that I, like, I'm saying, like, this is what needs to be better. It was yep. everything. It yep. was everything. So I'm just, I want to thank the Buffalo Bills team. I want to thank DeMar Hamlin for his inspiration. I want to thank, like, I mean, I'm telling you, like, Sunday for me was like, this is winning in three. Now, I know we just said we we let Mac Jones look kind of, but we got three interceptions Mm -hmm. and we got, you know, so this is what it looks like winning in three phases. Now, I do think that the conversation can be had about um, the lack of execution. And I'm not even talking about the team. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about offensive coordinator at this point now i don't think he's a bad offensive coordinator i think that we have the second best offense in the league however i think if we kind of did some things the right way like certain play calls or if he used people in the way they were supposed to be used we could have an all-time offense this year like that's that's the scary part about it like we're second in the league with all the mistakes that we're making, all the drops, all of the the bad calls in the in the red zone. You know Josh Allen knows he's Superman, so he's going to try to throw it in, in tight spots every time in the red zone. It's why are we not running him on first down in the red zone to gain eight yards to right, get it? Like, right. why are we not, you know, we got two running backs that are averaging five yards per carry. Why are we not handing the ball off to James Cook? Why are we not using our, our fullbacks matter too? Why mm. are we not using our guy, Reggie Gilliam, to, to do great things. So this is this is all I'm saying. Yeah. Even with the lack of execution when it comes to, to play calls and when it comes to whatever, dude, we got I just I just I don't know. I, I guess I, I'm getting on a tangent here now, but it's like Sunday was everything to me. Yeah. I needed great. it emotionally. I needed it, you know, as a football fan, like Rex was saying, I needed it as a football fan. I needed mm-hmm. it as a all of these things. But then for me as a content creator, like the stuff that I pound the table for, <laughs> that was the game that said Jay Spence kind of sort of knows what the hell he's talking about. And so that that was the game for me. I needed that. So you spoke a little bit about the offense. And one of the topics that I do have for tonight is the Bills have been criticized for lacking an identity on offense by some people. And some of those people are former Buffalo Bills that are connected to this network and some other people. Um, it was funny because somebody tweeted at me like, you know, well, a former Buffalo Bill just got fired as a head coach. We assume that he knows what he's talking about. It's like timeout. Are we really going to be arrogant enough to believe that those of us that never played this game know more about the game than people who formerly played? But, uh, you know, there, there's been some criticism just about the identity of this offense. Uh, you know, drops, mental mistakes, turnovers. Josh Allen's got five red zone turnovers. I don't know what I don't know if the ball just came out funny. It didn't get hit on that interception he threw. Yes, uh, uh, Matthew Judon hit him low, uh, but that there was that ball wasn't going to anybody. So I don't know if he was thrown out the back of the end zone and it came out wrong because you could kind of see the way that he popped up. Like afterwards, he was like, uh-oh, right? So, um, But there's just been a lot of hurting themselves, I guess is what I want to say. Um, and they've been an issue. But even with all of that stuff and them shooting themselves in the foot and whatever – to your point, they're ranked number two in the in the NFL in points scored as far as offensive points scored and total total offense. Are we worried about nothing, or are we really do we need to be concerned? I think both, because at this point at, at this point of the year, it's winner go home. So yes. yeah, you do that week eighteen, or you do that week seventeen, and it's like okay, we still can whatever is next week. We can kind mm-hmm. of try to clean this up. You can't do that now. 
Right. You can't do that this weekend against. Well, I'm not too worried about the Dolphins, but <laughs> you can't do if we. So next week, I think it's going to be the Bengals. You can't do that against the oh, Bengals in oh, the playoffs. Oh yeah, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. You get I've, what I'm saying? So you do that at the wrong moment. So we saw it against the Vikings. And I know like you, you talk about which you were right. Like basically if his arm was healthy, that's a throw that Josh Allen makes normally eight times out of 10. And he missed it that time. But guess what, Josh in the playoffs, I don't even want you to make that throw unless it's like, unless it's just like a sure thing. I need, I need Josh to go. I need, but again, that's where I'm going back to the offensive coordinator, put him in the right position. Mm -hmm. Why are we not, I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you do. It was either last year or the year before. The Buffalo Bills led the NFL in red zone efficiency. Like, we scored basically every time we got into the red zone. Why? Because Josh Allen had, like, six touchdowns. Right. In the, rushing touchdowns right. in the red zone. Right. Not as many passing. We used we used to use Isaiah McKenzie in the, in the jet sweep. We used to use, um, you know, it was just, like, different creative ways. Brand Dayball. Remember last year, a lot of fans wanted him fired. I'm just saying, I mean, we just aren't. We're never happy. No, not us. We, yeah, we talked yeah. about. We we defended him a lot. Yeah. But there was a lot of rumblings back then. No pun intended on the rumblings, but you know, we want him fired. They let him go. Let him go. And I was, man. If you don't stop trying to steal my offensive coordinator every time a team wanted to call and interview him, I didn't <laughs> want him to go. So. Now we're complaining about Ken Dorsey, and I think there's some room for improvement. We got to remember it's his first time being a play caller, man. Like yeah. it's not like you wake up and you just know the perfect, you know, you, you just do the job perfectly. Yeah, the parts that I can get behind are the way too many formations and scheme changes inside of each and every game. So when you talk to, you know, Fina and you talk to, uh, you know, Jerry Ostrowski and people like that, you know. Even it's different now today than it was back then. Like they have even less time together now than they did back when Fina and Ostrowski played. And Fina and Ostrowski will tell you, we only have so much time to rep this stuff. There's only so much time to rep this stuff to really be good at it. Josh Allen in his presser today said, he was talking about Devin Singletary and he was speaking highly of Devin Singletary. And it was a great comment. He said, there are things that we rep that only, he called him Jimbo, James Cook ru runs in. Or, you know, uh, uh, one of the other running backs runs, he says, Devin Singletary doesn't even get to rep it. And then in the game, Devin Singletary has to rep it. And as much as he was saying, and Devin Singletary doesn't miss a beat, he like knows where he's supposed to be, blah, 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 blah. The concern for me is, well, that's great about Devin Singletary, but who else are we doing that with? Are we doing that with Quentin Morris? Are we doing that with Khalil Shakir? Are we doing that with other players on this team? Are we just sending guys out there calling a play? And Khalil Shakir's never repped this before. And he's a rookie, right? So then it gets, becomes a problem. So the repping part to me, when you listen to these guys, the, the guys that played formerly on the offensive line, and they talk about the fact that we ran four different run styles in that last game, which that's just not normal. Like teams don't do that. And then in the next game, they run four different ones. And then in the next, so there's no real continuity. And we know that continuity is a big word and it's an important word in the NFL. So I think there's something to be said for that as far as that goes. Now, on Dorsey as a play caller, and I said this to you, and I pushed back on Fina a little bit, I don't believe that when you look at a, a, a team that's as pass-heavy as the Bills are, I don't believe that Josh Allen walks to the line, and every time he sees the defense, it reads pass, right? Because he's got the ability to audible and own the offense. And what I mean by that is that there's no way that defenses come into play Buffalo and they go, we're going to let Josh Allen pass all over us. That's the poison we want to pick. We're afraid of the run game, so we're going to stop that, 
And if they're going to beat us, Josh Allen's going to beat us. The reason that they don't do that is because if that's what they think, Josh Allen is going to beat their ass. He's they're going to beat, beat that ass, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what he's going to do. Yeah. So there's times that I think that Josh walks to the line and he sees, and Phoenix said it, he said he sees the safety at 15 yards, and in his mind he says, pass, right? And he just audibles out to a pass play. And Fina's point is he should run the play that's called in that moment probably and run the football. Um, so I think there's a balance there as far as that's got us off. And I think Dorsey might be taking a lot of the heat, but right. I'm not ready to let him off the hook because of the formations and the schemes and the repping stuff. Does that make sense? So I think it's a, it think does. It's, it's a stew. I tell you what, like, yeah, Josh should run the play that's called there, but guess what? I should eat a healthy balanced <laughs> diet and work out. Don't eat them French fries. <laughs> I'm sitting here eating eating fudge stripes as the show starts. Like this is this is what's happening. So like yeah, I should and Josh should. But what happens is when you know you're Superman and you're in a position, and you're like, you know what? Screw yes. with this. With, with, like forget what he's talking about. Let's go ahead and, and have some fireworks here. That's Josh. Right. Josh Allen. Every play, man. He's the perfect combination of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Yes, like he's. Sure. He's gonna. He's the gunslinger that really. No, he's the perfect uh, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and Cam Newton. Like he's the big dude that will run over you, run through you. But then he's Aaron Rodgers, where some of those throws that he makes is just. It's like how are they so beautiful? You know, like he he just in the perfect spot. And then he's the he's the Brett Favre that sometimes it's the gunslinger and that comes out and he's just like you know what f it somebody's open somebody open let's go and then it gets intercepted and bills fans are like what are you doing and i think the most frustrating part about it for me is the fact that we know he's good yeah like he's he's so talented that literally if he used his because he he's intelligent so we're not i'm not saying this in a way that is like come on josh stop being dumb what i'm saying is he lets his emotions overtake his thinking Mm -hmm. and if he just thought on every play like the guy could probably be MVP every single year. That's how talented he is. He's like the I said this a couple of years ago and I got dragged. He's the LeBron James of the NFL. You did. When you think about, I'm gonna say this real quick and then we can move on. But when you think about LeBron James, he's bigger than everybody, he's stronger than everybody, he's faster than everybody, he's smarter than everybody. Mm-hmm. But then there's times when he does too much and then it just he can't shoot free throws because he just he overthinks it or whatever, right? Right. Look at the NFL. I know Patrick Mahomes has the arm and he has the brains to do a lot of things. Josh has the same thing, but he's also bigger than Patrick Mahomes. He runs faster than Patrick Mahomes. He can run through guys that Patrick Mahomes can't run through. He has every single thing that if you were to build a quarterback, if you were to build a freaking quarterback from scratch, there's probably only one thing that you change in Josh Allen. And that's probably give me Tom Brady's like, like his, I don't even know what word I'm looking for here, but like throughout all the Super Bowl runs, he just had this ice yep. system running through his veins that yep. he never got rattled. He yep. never got rattled. Give me that, and then that's a perfect quarterback if you put that in Josh Allen. Yeah, Tom Tom Brady for a very long time, and we've probably seen him outside of that mold recently this year and maybe a little bit last year, um, never really forced anything, mm. right? And and so much of that is, and we're going to talk about the Patriots for a second, I guess. Uh, so much of that to me, and I, I mentioned this over the last couple of weeks on some of my other stuff that I was doing, you know, for 20 years, for 16, 17 years, any team that played the Patriots, if they had a lead on them, and the Bills were wild, they did this all the freaking time. If the Bills were up on them in the third quarter or the fourth quarter of the Patriots, they would just piss down their leg. 
and they would invent a way to lose. Like, oh my gosh, we're going to beat the Patriots. And then McKelvin fumbles or they give, you know, Gronk two seam passes for touchdowns to finish the game. Like they would just invent ways to lose. Tom Brady would just never get rattled and he would never force the football. He would just let it come to him. And that's what you're talking about. Um, and what's funny is that the Patriots now are invent. They're the team inventing ways to lose, which is even hysteric, more hysterical. But um, that's well said. That's well pointed as far as just if you were to build a quarterback, that's probably the only thing that he's potentially missing is just that it's almost the Joe Burrow piece. That's how Joe Burrow, they call him Joe cool for a reason. He's the guy sitting in the back of the locker room, smoking a cigar. Like, and I, the thing that upset, upsets me with him and I love Joe Burrow and I, I can't right now. Cause I feel like, so right. like over the last couple of years, I feel like it's been Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs that in my head, we have to, and I get it. We haven't beat them in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I'm saying this with respect. I understand like we still got to beat them, but like going into the playoffs, it's the, it's the Bengals that I'm like, okay, that's the game. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's the Bengals game. That's mm-hmm. the game. And so for me right now, I just can't, I can't, you know, I can't be swooned by Joe Burrow, but I love everything about him, man. Like I love yeah. his personality. I love his leadership. I love, you know, I even loved, I know we're not going to talk about DeMar too much for the rest of the night, but even when it happened, the way he went over to Josh, the way he was mm. trying to help comfort the other player, like I just love him, but, but no, man, he's the enemy right now. <laughs> it, uh, I, enemy. Said, wrongfully, I have said to my dad, I think I said it to you and I said it to a couple other people like this weekend is going to be a party. And then it's game time next week. Like next week, that Bengals game, it, it's like it's it, football is going to be played. It's a uh, that that game is. I don't want to look ahead because the Bills aren't looking ahead. <laughs> I hope they're not looking ahead anyway. Uh, you got to wonder if maybe they are just a little bit. But uh, it just rem- it, you just got to wonder: is there something to be concerned about getting back to this offense in the playoffs? And I think where I was going with where I was going when I built that comment or I built that question, just that topic that we were just talking about is that the Bills have, they've lost three games by a combined points of eight. On the FINA show, somebody, I don't remember who it was, mentioned that four different plays in those three games, and the Bills are undefeated right now. Undefeated. Like, they haven't lost a game if four plays are different inside of those three games. I just don't know, outside of this game coming up, what's that? No, I just said, don't, don't, don't tell me that. No, yeah. (laughs) I just don't know that coming into, after this game, Bengals, Chiefs, because we're going to play the Chiefs, Bengals, Chiefs, Super Bowl. I just feel like they got to play three perfect games. As much as this is a team that has found a way to win, right? They're now the team that we've talked that we talked about in 2019. We talked about them in 2020, and even a little bit of 2021. That they've got to find ways to win. They've got to learn how to like grit out these hard games where they're making mistakes. Well, that's them now. Like they're they're finding ways to win, and they're doing those things. The problem is, is I need them to make less mistakes. I need them to not make three critical mistakes every football game, whether they're interceptions, turnovers, whatever. Taiwan Jones being blocked into the football when he should have released his block by then, right? At some point, he should be like, oh, that ball's dead. They're yelling poison. I'm going to release my block instead of staying engaged I mean, with the player. True. I mean, that's a little easier said than done when you're Agreed. like running Agreed. 20 miles down the field. You I, know, I but agree. I agree with you. Like, yeah, come on. You, you got to have a little bit better field awareness, especially a player of Taiwan Jones's caliber for special teams. Right. Like for special teams, Taiwan Jones 
is he he's he's not like um he's not an entry level player like right. for special teams this guy has been a, a all pro he's been yes. a pro bowler he's been yes. so yeah no I'm agreeing with you there I'm just saying like it's you know that's that's all in this in the what two and a half seconds you know so I don't know that's tough it's, it's tough it, it's tough I just and then you've got the wide receiver situation you know I I meant to get I was grab- just that's I meant to get the graphic in the conversation. Or the, there was people that was posting stuff on one of the tweets that I had made because I'd retweeted stuff about just the wide receivers and just the catch rates and drop rates and stuff like that. So I know that was a topic on Twitter this week. Uh, I mean, it's there's an aspect. And it's funny, too, because, like, I'm going to ask you a question that I was thinking about when I was driving around today. I'm driving around today, and I'm like, right now, today, in this moment, I don't mean 2020. I don't mean 2021. Yeah, right yeah. now, in this moment. If you could have, if, if, if are you swapping Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and whoever number three is, McKenzie, Shakir, whoever, are you taking, are you starting them over Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley? Me? You. No. I would absolutely take John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Stefan Diggs over. You know, you know who started last weekend, right? And who's going to start right? this weekend? No, no, John Brown did not start. It was literally oh. the other guys. It was it was oh. it was Diggs, well, Davis, and McKenzie. Okay, so Shakir you know number, who, and Shakir number four. So let me ask you this: You know who made plays? Yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me smoke. But 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 that's my point. Like so, this weekend, the, your starting wide receivers are going to be Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, McKenzie, and Shakir. And I feel like that's football politics. I feel like from here on out, it should literally be. Yes, you can turn Man. back the clock. Josh Allen said, I know John Brown is old, although Skip Bayless thinks that he just started. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't this guy's going to be a star. He's oh gonna. This kid's going to be a star. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but you can't tell me that right now the better option, they know the offense is not Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis in that fourth in that fourth receiver role. That's the best option for this football team. Well, you you know what? I'm gonna say it like this: When you brought up the wide receiver, the first thought that came to my mind, I need when when you see this logo that I have on my. So, like, if you throw something at me and it hits me right here, <laughs> right. I should catch it. You should. Like I, I, I should just so so I don't even have nothing to. But if you throw something at me and this is right here, yep, I should catch it. For those listening to this by podcast form, I'm wearing a Buffalo Bills hoodie, and the Buffalo Bills logo goes directly across my chest. So I'm <laughs> it's a saying, nice it's a nice thank hoodie. you, thank you. It was a gift, you know. And uh, hey, I got I got good gifts this Christmas. But if the ball hits Gabriel Davis anywhere else, like dude, that, that come on, man. Come on, man. Like, I get it. People want to take up for him, and he's like, well, what do you expect out of a wide receiver, too? He's playing well compared to other wide receiver twos. Mm-hmm. I know he has some drops here and there. The thing is, he has drops in moments. Now, it didn't matter in the Patriots game, Mm-mm. but it mattered in the first Jets game. There was a throw that Josh made after he injured his UCL, and freaking Sarah says Davis was 3 of 10 this past week. He was 3 of 10. And one of them hit him in the breadbasket. That's the one I'm talking about. And, it was like in the end zone. And Jacoby Myers made an all-world catch, right? Nah. And then there was the toe tap that he missed, right? Um, and he's missed a couple of those this year. He's missed a couple. Yeah, it's 
his rookie year, he made them. We, we in the Indianapolis Colts playoff game that we you, you and I went to we together. There. We were there. He yeah. made one on one side, and then the next play made it on the other side. I think he okay. did three. I think he did three that game. Listen, I need playoff game. Again, immediately, yeah, 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 immediately. Give me Indianapolis Colts game, Gabe. Give me Kansas City Chiefs game, Gabe. Yes, I need that's who I need. I'm going to pivot real quick because to your point about catches, three of ten. There's a guy that's coming available potentially who did not drop a pass. I think it was in 2020, wasn't that the year 2019, 2020? In DeAndre Hopkins, the Let's Cardinal, the Cardinals have made it known that they are seeking a trade for wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. I have on there, he's got the Cardinals. He, I have on there thoughts with a question mark before before you respond. He's got a Cardinals Santa hat on. <laughs> because I feel like it's Christmas. Before if you're going to give respond, DeAndre Hopkins away, that's Christmas. That's before what that is. you respond, DeAndre Hopkins is 30 years old right now. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot. Stephon Diggs is also 30 years old. This is where it gets sticky. 2023. He's going to make $19.4 million. 2024, mm-hmm. 14.9. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. if the Bills were to make a trade for him, anybody potentially making a trade for him is going to renegotiate that contract, probably make it a three or a four year deal, give him some mm-hmm. money up front, make him happy, and smooth those numbers out. Yeah. Are you making this move? I'm making that move yesterday. I know I can't literally make it yesterday because, listen, if we were going to give Odell Beckham, reports are that Odell Beckham Jr. was looking for anywhere between 20 and $24 million per year. That's more, than, were, Diggs, the, that's more than Diggs is making. That is what the report, when we get off of this, I'm going to send you some links. Those were the reports, and I've the, the places that I'm hearing them from, they're pretty darn accurate. If the Buffalo Bills were hosting him, that means that they were willing at some point to figure out how to do a contract to be able to pay him whatever it is that he was asking. If we're going to give Odell Beckham Jr. that money coming off a second ACL injury, sign me up 10 times out of 10 for DeAndre Hopkins and and Stephon Diggs wide receiver room. Trade Gabe. I love Gabe. Sorry, Gabe. Love you. But you can come to Arizona. I will root for you out here, too. But (laughs) Cody. (laughs) Yo. Shout out to Cody, man. He had, a, but give me that, give me that all day, and that's why I put the hat on. That's Christmas. Yeah. That's Christmas. It, and he got traded here to Arizona for basically what was it? It was a uh, David. First of all, it let's was, not even go back. To, it was a horrible. It was, it was a horrible trade. David Johnson, I think a second. It's, I, I can't see at this point of his career and his age and with that contract, them getting more for that. Give up a second, Gabriel Davis, and hell, I don't care. Get, I, 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 this ain't the NBA, so you can't do signing trades, but figure out something with Singletary. I don't know. Do whatever you got to do. But can you imagine? Can you imagine? No. Joe, I, no. Oh, Joe. No, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine Stephon Diggs, who is an all-world player. Yes, Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson, and De- and Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams, but Stephon Diggs is right there. And Tua, you know, Tua, as much as Tua is an all-world talent, he's kind of a one-trick pony, right? He's not going to do what Stephon Diggs does. They play a different game. Meanwhile, you watch Stephon Diggs outrun defensive backs on a weekly basis. So he has some of that stuff that Tua can do. They're just a different player. DeAndre Hopkins... With Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs on the other side, you're not stopping this football team. And I get it, Bills fans. We're a little hurt that the Hail Murray happened against us, and it was him. <laughs> but that's the that's the quality. And I'll tell you what, I know Joe mentioned his age here. He's still that dude. I would just tell yeah. you, I watch him every week, yeah. and I've watched him make Kyler Murray 
pedestrian self look decent. He's catching balls like this for four yard gains, like <laughs> literally in between his legs, behind the back, and all this stuff for five yard. This is who you give Josh Allen. A Steph- and I know on Twitter, people were like, no, he wants to be the alpha and Diggs wants to be. The-. And I'm like, look, y'all don't know. <laughs> That's how we talk about it. I'm going to tell you how Diggs would look at that and how D-Hop would look at that. It's like, oh, I get single coverage every time I'm out on the field. Yes. And then you have Dawson Knox. Yes. Then you got Jimmy Cook. Yes. Like, who are you going to double? Who are you? Oh, you want to have a spy on Josh? So you're taking somebody out to secondary. Thank you. Let's pick yeah. the man. Give me the. Yep, mm. I feel it. I feel the energy, and I and I and I, I would have. There's not many. T- I was, you know me. I've been out on OBJ mm. since the beginning of the season until it was obvious that the five slot receivers that the Bills decided to go with was not going to work out. And that was when I, when I was like, okay, bring me OBJ. Like, do whatever you got to do to get that kid in here. <laughs> but for all intents and purposes, it's different with D Hop. Like, yes, go get that guy. And, and and even Dan is in the comment section. Buffalo Freddy's like, you know, where are we getting the money for this? I don't care, right? You got to think that Vaughn, you got to think that these guys are going to do what they got to do and move some stuff around. And how do teams do it? Teams do it and other teams don't. And we have a, I think he's the seventh wealthiest owner in the NFL. So he's got the ability to write the checks, write that check, right? The Bills have, they've got it. So this is off subject because the, it's not the off season. This is the, what I'm about to say is an off-season topic. The Bills have to address the wide receiver room. Have to. Next year, you're not going back in time and bringing back John Brown and Cole Beasley. That's not happening next year. So they've got to do something for next year anyway, right? The answer is not Khalil Shakir. Jamison Crowder's on a one-year deal. Didn't prove anything because he got hurt. And Gabe Davis has one year left. And I don't know that we all love Gabe Davis. I'm not saying I don't like Gabe Davis. I love him. I just don't know that he's a wide receiver too. I very much love Gabe Davis. I am telling you, we are winning multiple Super Bowls with the offense of DeAndre Hopkins combined with Stephon Diggs and whoever you want as a wide receiver three. At that point, we can keep Isaiah McKenzie. And y'all know how I feel about, you know what I mean? Like at this point, keep keep McKenzie. Like I don't care what we do. If you, man, y'all don't even understand. Buffalo Freddy, now I don't know where it's at. Um, he's making he's making points as far as that goes i'm trying to find it oh here it is right here he says i'm ruthless and willing to do things that most people are not to do not willing to do to win here's how you do this you trade trey white i don't think that's ruthless and i'm going to be honest with you i don't know that that a conversation like this isn't outside the realm of possibility i'm not saying trey in particular but for all intents and purposes if you're looking at somebody with a big cap number right and you've got Kair Elam behind him, and you've got depth there and opportunity, maybe. Well, part of it is also, you got to understand, and first of all, Dan, you're making great points. However, you, you got to also understand that, that Brandon Bean can basically free up around like $60 million with like three moves. And I'm not talking about cuts. I'm talking about like restructures. Like right. obviously, right. you know, so so th- cash, there's cash. ways that they can get things done if they wanted to get things done. Yeah, moving um, things into the problem is, is it affects your your salary cap, which the salary cap should continue to go up. So it's a gamble. But yes, you might find yourself in Sean McVay, Sean Payton land, right? Which is like, oh, I've completely hamstrung this team and can't do anything and can't even sign guys. So I'm just going to retire. See you later. Well, no, I don't, I don't, but see, I don't see, um, cause he's, he's set us up in a very healthy way. So even with the restructures, it will hurt minimum, like it'll hurt 
in certain places. Yeah. But you're yeah. doing restructures with people that's going to be on your route. Like Josh Allen isn't going nowhere. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Well, like, so Dan is asking the question. So, and obviously Greg Thompson is the foremost kind of expert on this stuff, but it's literally moving signing bonuses, annual signing bonuses into salaries or vice versa is how it opens up that cap space. And it just changes the way the money is looked at on the cap, which is op which opens up cap space, real cap space. But it, 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 it's a problem later. It's a problem like two years, three years down the road because their numbers get huge because all the money gets moved for or gets moved backwards, right? Is how it works. I don't even know, but yeah. And and the thing about Trey, I'm okay with see for me, I'm I love Trey. Everybody knows, but I'm okay with um trading Trey because I think the draft this year and the draft next year, um, you're gonna have some good cornerbacks in there. I don't think this is the year for wide receiver. I don't, you know, like you might have a couple Huge. of guys. I do not think this is the the year Huge. that you're gonna get a Justin Jefferson. You're not gonna get so so for me. If you're talking about there's a, I get it. It's more money. Yep. Yep. Look, man, you go get DeAndre. And it's probably now this is all talk. This is me being a fan. I love Hop. I'm out here in in Arizona, and Nuke is one of the but like I see him. On a, on a consistent basis, I see this guy yeah. perform. So for me, it's like, get this guy on my team. Get him in Buffalo. The other guy in Arizona, I feel this way, and this is not even a conversation, is Buda Baker. Oh, yeah. If we're going to lose Jordan, if we're going to lose, if Micah isn't Micah, I know he's, and we're going to talk about that in a few, but if if whatever happens with our safety room isn't that, then also get me. You know that you ever see the meme where the dude is screaming at the in the flower store where the cat is in there. He's like, I'm gonna get you out of there. Yeah. I don't know what I got. I'm gonna get you. That's how I feel about Buda Baker every yeah. Sunday when I watch that. Like he's just <laughs> trapped, man. He's just he's the right. best player on defense. He's the best player on the team outside of Hop. And it's just it's it's insane what they got going on. But no, if we can get man, if you can get D Hop, Brandon, and that's why I tweeted. I know we can't afford it, but please. So Trigg says, how about this, Terry McLaurin and Diggs? Here's the problem. Terry McLaurin's going to uh, take more in a trade than, than D-Hop is because McLaurin's young and good. And, like, but really I'll tell good. you what, I, I'll rather take D-Hop for a couple – one, everything you just said there, the age, and but also we're not going to need D-Hop. So if you, if you get Terry, yeah. it's basically like, okay, he's going to be your next wide receiver one when Diggs – so it's going to be a long-term deal. I need him give – me, give me – Give me Nuke for like three years, two years, three years. We'll draft. Uh, there will be time to draft a guy in the next yeah. couple of years. I just don't think that this year is the year. So, man. Juan, Juan Castillo says, y'all, we know we ain't getting, y'all know we ain't getting D-Hop. There's probably a team or two out there willing to trade the kitchen sink, which is true. The problem yeah, I'm is. I'm just saying that. We ain't going to do it. D-Hop got involuntarily traded from a Pro Bowl team, or not a Pro Bowl team, a playoff team. With a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson, he got moved at midnight when nobody was watching, right, to the Cardinals, and he went to a – I know that there was an as, there was an aspect of, like, well, we're going to draft Kyler Murray, we're going to be good, everything's going to be great, blah, blah, blah. Well, it didn't pan out. Kyler you, Cheeks. You got – right. You got to wonder if D-Hop is like, I ain't going to the Browns. I ain't going to pick – pick you know, enter team name. here. I'm not going to the Colts. I'm not going to – Right. I'm not going so, at this point of his career. He's also he has a no trade clause to where he has to break it himself. Well, there you go. So there's a good chance so, that he's like, well, if you're going to trade me, this is where I'm going. I'm going. To I want to win. I'm going to this place. I'm going to that place. Make one of those three happen. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Right. You get guys with that type of talent and, and you Leverage. have them in the league for a certain amount of time. And for them, the thing that's important is I want to win. I want to win. So at this point, I'm telling you. 
I get it. I'm with you, Juan. I, I'm with you. We probably won't. This probably will not happen. Right. But if I'm Brandon Bean, I know this isn't Madden. I know that's probably some of the comments we're going to get in the, in the, on the Spotify and Apple links. I get it. But man, I'm telling you, I would, we were going to sign OBJ. We, right. we hosted him. Right. When and you host was, somebody, that means you're trying to sign them. Like it's not it, like a, and then it was like, know, like when he said, yeah, I'm not thinking about playing like <laughs> this regular season. Then it was like, Oh, you got to go on down the road, bro. Like, you gotta- yeah. <laughs> so, but, but for me, it's like, so if we were willing to pay, even if we were willing to pay him 12, 15 million, find a way right. to get hop. So if that means somebody that, that you typically would want to keep fine, if that means, Hey, we're not having a conversation yet, but I think at some point the conversation needs to be had is Ed Oliver. Uh, I love him. Hmm. Don't beat me up, everybody. But is he going to be worth the money he's going to command? Has he performed like some of the, the top defensive tackles that's going to earn that type of money? Right. Are, are you trying to keep him for that? Maybe. So I'm saying there's several different conversations to have, several different players. But, man, if you can get D-Hop for two or three years to go along with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen – you think Randy Moss and Tom Brady was fun to watch? Randy Moss and, and uh, Chris Carter. Right? Do you think <laughs> might might be, might be before your time? Randy Moss and Chris Carter. No, no, man. Randy <laughs> came in the league when I was just like really starting mm. to fall in love with football. Man, yeah. Randy, Randy, Randy's that dude. Like he's the, to me, he's the greatest wide receiver of all time. Do you, you remember? Know, I know how you talk about Gary, but do you remember man. how you feel? How you felt? Um, no, I don't. I, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't go, Jerry. Do you remember how you felt when you when you heard the news that Bill O'Brien traded D Hop to the Cardinals? Yes, because actually it was the year I moved here. It was like it was the year I moved here. We got Stefan Diggs, and then it was like I think it was like the next day or the day after the trade here. So first, I'm ex- like I'm excited because it's like oh, bet I'm getting season tick. Like I'm going right. to the game. I get to see right. D Hop. But then it was like, wait a minute. We had to trade a first and a like we traded all that up for for digs, which I'm happy we did. I feel like it doesn't matter. Like it, it was a a franchise altering trade to get digs the way we did, but we could have got D Hop for a second and what at that time Zach Mott. Well, we didn't have Zach at the time, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, we could have yeah. got him for <clears throat> what? Yes, yeah. every day. Sign me up for that. But I was happy that he was here for the, the couple years, man. It, he gave me some enjoyment out here. Uh, last season was fun to watch him and Kyler together. Yeah, so we are long in the tooth. We need to probably start talking about uh, a little bit about this football game coming up. Um, da, 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 where, where do I want to go? So I've already asked this question about playing perfect football. So let's start here. And you had a special guest on your show, The Code of Conduct, last night, yesterday, on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Mike McDaniel announced today that Tua has not yet been cleared to, uh, from concussion has not yet cleared concussion protocol and he will not start this Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. So I watched about three quarters of the show yesterday with smoke from Twitter. Who's a Miami Dolphins fan. What uh, intelligence did you get from that? I know he said that if Tua plays, he's far more confident than if Tua doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So where are you at with smoke and what did you kind of get from him? What's that Miami fan base feeling? Well, first of all, let me say that uh, Nikki Smokes is actually a cool dude. I know he got under a lot of our skin early in his, mine included, like early in the season when he kind of cussed out the chefs and, right. you know, was, uh, we all saw the videos. Yeah. Let me tell you, he's a good dude. He's just a passionate guy. When he's drunk, he gets wild. I get wild when I'm drunk. It happens. <laughs> so 
you guys can forgive him. He's a he's a good his content is great. Last night I had him on a code of conduct, and he was basically saying, like, you know, if Tua starts, he gives the team like a 30% chance to win mm. with um Skyler or and actually it is Skyler starting. So yeah. um with Skyler starting, he's like zero percent. And I, you know, on the show, I said to him, I said, I don't care who's starting. If it's Tua, if it's Dan Marino or Jesus Christ himself, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills are not losing this game this weekend in Orchard Park. <laughs> The first run in the playoffs to the Miami Dolphins. It's not happening. Right. So, but no, he um he gave us some good insight. He feels like to in order to win that they have to do what they did last time, which is run the ball. But one of my things that I said to him on the show is that, you know, I don't I get it. You had a big run there in that first half, and it, and you're you know, but this season the Buffalo Bills are elite at run defense, even without Von Miller. So right. it's not like it's something that you can just depend on. They made a good play, yeah, um, on offense and the defense of the Buffalo Bills kind of. It just it just wasn't it wasn't there, but I don't think you can come into the game now and be like, all right, we're gonna get another uh, eighty yard run in the first quarter. It's not gonna happen like that. Like the game, you know, the game strategy for the defense for the Buffalo Bills is gonna change, and there was a lot of frustration. I don't, did, we didn't even get a chance to talk about it, did we? Did we talk about that that game post Miami? Do you remember? I don't remember. So the frustration that I had, if if I'm repeating myself to you, I apologize. The frustration I had is that a blueprint was given by the Niners, and then I forget who the team was after that that executed it even better, to you press man, Hill and Waddle, and Tua, the Chargers, and Tua loses his mind. Literally, if he can't hit his back foot on, on step number three and fire the ball to where Hill or Waddle are supposed to be, the dude panics, literally panics. And what do the Bills do? They just trot out their nickel 4-2 with their soft coverage playing off receiver and you know what our defense is good enough to beat you that's literally what the bills thought we're just going to play our game of football and we're going to beat you and they did by three points right in a cold game when you probably should have throttled them what's funny is in that game you have to assume that the bills even with their defense went it saying went into it saying we're going to take the pass away and you're going to have to beat us on the ground and they damn near did like they they ran the ball well in this game, they're going to take the runaway, and they're going to say, "Hey, what? Hey, Skylar Thompson, you beat us." Yeah, Skylar. Yep. Because guess what? We got Trey White back there now. Right. Guess what? Jordan Porter's playing, and that, I mean, I know they played last game, but it's saying, right. like, Skylar, you're not Tua. You're right. not Tua, and we know you're not Tua. So we're not going to let you even try to run. Teron Johnson's going to make sure he's on the line. Like it's right. going to be eight in the box. We're going. We're going. Now you got the receivers to 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 cause some damage. Do you have the arm to get it to him? Let's see. Can we can we can we put some respect on Taron Johnson's name just for a second? Bruh. That dude played lights out, signs an eight million, nine million dollar a year contract. We all remember it. It was all over Twitter. Taron got the bag. Like he did whatever he did. And then Justin Fields comes out and says, Yeah, their nickel corner's been playing good as of late. And then Jim Nance says the same freaking thing on national television. Yeah, he's been playing good lately. It's freaking Taron Johnson. Like, the best, regardless of being a nickel, he's one of the best corners in football. Like, like what is this? It's still, I still think, okay, we're like, so the last, we made the playoffs the last five out of six years. Um, we've had good records for most of those years. This year, we probably would have been the number one seed. You know, so like, I get it, but it's still Buffalo. And I'm not saying that this time in a disrespectful way to where I feel slighted. I don't feel slighted. I feel like we get a lot of love in a lot of areas that we weren't getting before. So I don't think Bill's Mafia has that excuse anymore of like, man, we never get. But yeah. then I feel like we get the 
at the top stuff. So it's like, oh, my God, their quarterback is lights out. As yeah. a whole, the defense, oh, my God, is lights out. Jordan Poyer was an all-pro last year, so he gets to go into Pat McAfee's show. So, oh, my God, it's Jordan all-pro Pope. So yeah, we get that. We get that recognition. But they're not going to talk about how Groot has played very well very since well. Von Miller has went out. They're <clears> not going to well. talk about how <clears throat> Teron Johnson has played great, period. His whole career. He's the one that intercepted Lamar Jackson in the end zone. Mm -hmm. uh, it was his first, you know, it's, they're not going to talk about that stuff because yeah, it's the bills, but unless it's prime time, unless it's the national game, they're not really watching the bills. That's why skip thinks John Brown is going to be a <laughs> superstar one day. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's why. What's well, your Bricky says that Taryn killed a guy with, with a trident in the last game, which is just, I had to put that up because that's a funny comment that hit that he laid on. Uh, I, was it Jacoby Myers again? I don't remember who he hit, but he, plastered that dude it was incredible um and then somebody else asked it was isam uh mustafa uh says has anyone seen Valen miller lately i haven't seen him on the sidelines he was on the sidelines this past week he was wearing a hoodie he had a, a, a stocking cap on so he had like a, a winter cap on and the big giant goggles so you could not mm -hmm. tell that it was him but he was absolutely on the sideline and oh by the way i don't know if you caught him he was limping so as much as he has come out and said, I'm ready to go today, that dude, that boy, and you've had ACL no. surgery, yeah, no, that dude, not. that dude was limping around the sideline. He is not ready to play football. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be some time. We'll see him next year. It is what it is. It's going to be some time. So, yeah. So, and then uh, the next topic, as far as this, uh, this football game goes that, uh, and this was just an exciting thing, and it's it's not going to affect this game as much as we're going to hope that it's going to affect the Bengals game. You know, Sean McDermott announced that the 21-day practice window has been, has been open for both Micah Hyde and Jamison Crowder to return to the Buffalo Bills. The big one there being Micah Hyde, um, who I watched his presser today. The wildest dreams land. I mean, whoever thought that this kid, right, he's going to have two vertebrae fused in his neck. Uh, was it week three, week four, somewhere around there? and then has the potential to come back and play and join a team that's in the playoffs. The concern I have is like range of motion. Nobody asked him that question because you think when you're a defensive back, right, you're constantly turning your neck. So that's the question I have is I'm not even concerned about the impact of a hit. I'm worried more about what is this range of motion with the helmet on? Because the helmet weighs what? Two pounds, two and a half pounds, something like that. You've got one behind you. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, not the weight thing. I'm talking about like the range of To me, the question uh, is I feel like when, when, when you talk to these guys and um, if they say like they're ready, I feel like to me, that that's a question that should cover, you know, like, well, when you say you're ready, are you able to come back out there and be Micah Hyde? I don't right. want. You know, I don't want great value, Micah Hyde. I want Micah Hyde. You know what I mean? And if you're saying you're ready, but and but I will challenge you for not challenge too much because I agree with you that Micah Hyde is the big part. Of, he's the big fish in this conversation. Yeah. But hey, we I know early in the season we tried like the first two games we had him and people were trying to like act like Jamison Crowder wasn't the guy, but uh, he showed up big for Josh on some third downs yep. in those first couple of games. Yep. And we missed the slot so much so that we went and got Cole Beasley out of retirement. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, Jamison Crowder, if he was able to stay healthy and he was healthy this year, I don't know if we have some of the conversations that we're having. So I think both of these guys being able to come back potentially for the playoffs and if judging by what I'm seeing, I think Jamison Crowder is a little bit more ready than Micah. He wasn't yeah. in a restricted jersey or anything. He was just he was out there practicing. Micah Hyde yeah. had on the red jersey. So look, I, I would I would maybe the conversation we talked about earlier, John Brown and I, maybe the conversation is starting 
Jamison Crowder over Shakir. Uh, yes, and the funny part about the Shakir thing, and it's it's you know we love the underdog. You've heard me say it since you and I got connected doing this, and and Shakir is that guy right now. He catches one pass on a really good route, gets a lot of yak afterwards, and was like, oh my god, Shakir, he's showing up, and it's like I need to see more. <laughs> sorry like i need to see more than one catch he finally found the soft spot in the zone for the first time this year and he got some yards after catch i need to see more and i i i'm at the beginning of the year i probably would have preferred to have shakir in the field at this point i'm i'm more towards crowder and i'm beasley over both of them right is kind of where i'm at see me i'm i'm first yes i agree with you there but then also like for me when you talk about shakir he's a rookie what was he a fifth round draft pick sixth round pick shakir yeah uh he was higher i think wasn't he four maybe four okay i'm saying that and i'm not saying this in a disrespectful way i like him and and i think whenever when he was drafted if everybody watches the code of conduct or hump day i was like this guy is going to be really good and i still believe that but at this point of this year of this season i'm looking forward to seeing him more next year or the year like i'm not i don't i don't need to see him right now I, i don't need to see him right now like no i i need to win it's the playoffs we just said it earlier win or go home Winner go home. So I don't I don't have time to, to be um trying out yak plays and you know <laughs> no like for real, he's gonna be good. Like the guy is he's gonna be very good, but I just don't believe that the Buffalo Bills uh spends enough time and, and tries to involve their rookies as much as I think that they should most times. Yeah. We saw that even with your guy. We saw that with Isaiah Hodgins. I know his rookie year he was injured, but you know well, he was he was so the Hodgins thing is is so and by the way Shakir was a fifth round pick and Daniel Gary just put that up there and I googled it as well so Hodgins Hodgins stock value dropped he, so he was at Oregon State and he, that's where he came from and he was dominant as a wide receiver but he he entered the NFL draft his year with a shoulder injury of which all the scouts said you're gonna have to shut him down his rookie year he's probably gonna need shoulder surgery the Bills drafted him after Gabe Davis he had a higher draft ranking than Davis but they took him after Davis and sure enough, they had to shut him down, and he was done for his rookie season. His second year, he sprained or he, he tore his PCL, so he was he was out for I think six or eight weeks or something. It wasn't like a hernia? That. I don't know why I thought it was no, a hernia. No, it's a PCL. He he, he he tore his PCL. Um, but they absolutely gave up on that kid way too fast, and they gave up on him because of what they felt they had in Shakir. And I just, well, I mean, is it that they thought that? Is it that they gave up in them because of what they thought they had in Shakira? Or did they think that um, no other team was paying attention, especially Brian Debo, who was here when we drafted him? Yeah. Um, they didn't think that somebody else would pick him up. Maybe they thought he would slip back to practice squad and be able to, you know, because they kept really playing yo-yo with him as it is, yeah. sending him back to practice squad, calling him up, sending him back to, you know, so, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know if I, if, but I tell you what, I'm happy for him. You know, he's, Thank he's, um, he's shown up out there and, hey, Good, good stuff, man. Like, hope hopefully next season he he has a really, really improved, like a a greater role in that offense. Because uh, I tell you what, man, like you said, the Bills gave up on him too quick. They did. They they didn't. They didn't try to utilize him. The he's a good skill, guy. He's a good receiver. The biggest skill set he has is what this Bills team needs, which is he doesn't drop passes. He catches the football, contested catches. I was told he wasn't fast enough. I was told he couldn't get open. He's showing all that stuff. Um, I, I could probably do a whole show on it, so I I won't because everybody knows kind of how I feel about the kid. I, and this isn't new. You you can you can. There's receipts, and you are my receipt. I've been talking about him, right? Yeah. Even this year, since training camp, watching him play all the positions, he was the only. I don't know why we're talking about this. He was the only receiver in camp 
that they were playing the X, Y, and Z. He was playing all the positions. No other receiver in camp was doing that. So it's just, yeah. And then it's just, a, in my opinion, it was football politics. As much as they tell you that the best guy is going to play, and that goes back to the wide receiver conversation of who's going to start this weekend, it's going to be Stefan, Davis, McKenzie, and Shakir. The best players don't play. It just, it just, it is what it is. Even though they say that the best players will play, the best players absolutely do not play. They just don't. Well, that's why that's why I want them to figure out how to trade for DeAndre Hopkins, so that way you know it won't matter. You got, you know what I mean? Like, because and you talk about drops, you're not you're not getting drops when you got DeAndre Hopkins on the field. Yeah, you're not getting drops. Like, so I I think that was the Josh Allen eighteen and nineteen, and then they went and got John Brown and Cole Beasley, and and then Diggs, and there was nobody dropping footballs anymore. And all of a sudden, it's Mm -hmm. like Josh Allen's throwing sixty nine percent. Well, he was throwing probably 69, 72% before. But Kelvin but people Benjamin. were dropping the ball. <laughs> Kelvin <Ball>. Benjamin <laughs> dropping the football. So I don't know. So before we get into game predictions, is there anything else that you want to talk about as far as this Dolphins game goes? Uh, No, man. I, I think that without, without trying to – I'm not trying to sound too cocky or I'm not trying to sound any kind of way, but it's – first of all, just the quarterback matchup alone, there's no way – Josh Allen is going to allow himself to lose mm. to Skyler. Like, and I don't want to say his name the way I say Kelvin Benjamin. So I'm trying to have You're some respect. <laughs> I was about to. I was, I was about to. There's no way that's happening. You know, if it's not Tua, because to be honest with you, we all know how we feel about the early season matchup between the Bills and the Dolphins. We shouldn't have lost that game. Josh Allen should be undefeated against the Miami Dolphins this year. Mm-hmm. He's not going to lose to the third string quarterback in the playoffs at home after all of the stuff that we just went through. It's not happening. So, you know, I tell you what, whatever, whatever the, the, when you go to bet at DraftKings.com, you take the over on whatever it is that they have the bills at because it's not happening. I'm going to just tell you. Yeah, I don't know what it would take for the Dolphins to beat the Buffalo Bills in this football game. I mean, Skylar Thompson, who showed no proficiency last week against the Jets, um, I think he had one long pass, is going to have to – he's going to have to find his receivers downfield. And, you know, Nicky Smokes said that, you know, uh, he processes slow. Uh, his arm is not strong. So he's got all the things going against him. And one of the things that is the genius about Tua, and I'm willing to say this, even as a Bills fan, is his – his uh his anticipation, his arm is not elite. Josh Allen has a beyond elite arm. Patrick Mahomes has an elite arm. Justin Herbert has an elite arm. Aaron Rodgers has an elite arm. He does. His arm is not elite, but his anticipation in knowing where a guy is going to be and being able to accurate, accurately put the ball there, where that guy is going to be, almost like Philip Rivers used to do, seconds before he was going to, not seconds, you know what I'm saying, a long, for a football play, a long time before the guy is going to get there. That is why Tua is so good. Skylar Thompson doesn't have that. He doesn't have that arm. He doesn't have that anticipation. He doesn't have that processing ability. Um, it's a big drop-off between, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. I just don't know. I mean, Mostert's going to have to take this, take this game over. If he plays, he's injured as well. And at the end of the day, the Bills are going to sell out to the run. They're going to make Skylar Thompson beat them. The Bills yeah. just need to – how many points the Bills need to score, you think? Probably 21, 24 to win. How many do they need to score? Need to score, not will they score, need to score. 14. 14. It's going to be 31 degrees and sunny in Buffalo at 1 o'clock. How many, think, how many do you think they score? Oh, I think they score at least 31. I'm 35, probably around 35. That's what I think. 
So yeah, I, 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 I think it could be a repeat of of last year's uh, Super Wildcard Weekend. You know, I, I think a game like this, I understand that they have good defense, but I'm gonna just tell you, like, playoff Josh is different. Yeah, for sure. We haven't seen a bad playoff Josh. Even the game that we lost in Kansas City two years ago, not last year, but the, the game we lost in the AFC Championship where guys were beat up, it wasn't Josh playing bad. The reason why the game looked respectable is because Josh Allen was Josh Allen. We yeah. haven't seen bad playoff Josh Allen. We just haven't. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not happening, man. It's like it's, it's just not happening. Yeah. How much more? How much more James Cook do you want to see? All of them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, and I love I love Singletary. Like I think Motor this year has done everything that you could have asked of him. He he's he's phenomenal. Like he runs bigger than he is. He runs mm-hmm. stronger than he is. I love I love how hard he's run this year. Yeah, but when you put when you put Jimmy Cook in that offense, it's just it's speed. Like the 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 team has a whole different type of tempo to them. You know, yeah. what I mean? like it's just, it's just different. So yeah. no, give give me give me a team that that moves fast. I want Jimmy Cook. It's been fun to watch him go from a frantic rookie that the game was clearly too big for. What is ha- like things are happening so fast, and like him having trouble processing too. Even in this past game, this past game, this past weekend against the the the, the Patriots, him get the ball, the hole is not there, and he just waits. Mm-hmm. And then when it opens up, he darts through it. Boom. Like it's just, it's been very cool to see that progression because it's happened in such a short timeline right he didn't come in ready to play so we got to see the game literally slow down for him and now he's processing and every time he touches the football it's four and five yards every at least four and five yards every time he t- and he's squeaking through holes which goes back to the contact balance conversation about his his draft uh score sheet as far as the people saying that he had bad contact balance he's running through tight holes he's getting glanced he's getting touched um, I'm really, really excited about him. Really excited. I'm, I'm going to finish that conversation real quick. But while we while we finish talking about James Cook, mm-hmm. uh, let's start getting some of your predictions in the comments here. So that way we can uh, get those going. But for me, aside from everything that you just said, I'm agreeing with that. I also think um, the thing I like about him as well is he's he's truly a dual threat. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, if because he's running through holes and he's hitting holes a certain way that is just like, wow, once he hit him, he, he's he's potentially gone every time. But then on top of that, if he catches the ball, he's potentially like he's he's a wide receiver when the ball is in his hands. And you know what I would like to see? Um, I would like to see the, the, the now Marcus Jones, when we played the Patriots, not this past game, a couple weeks back, a few weeks back. And he got that um, that touchdown on our defense on screen, offense and that bubble screen. They they basically created a punt return situation for him mm-hmm. because I mean he's a phenomenal punt returner. So they created that on defense. That's not fair. I know where you're going. I would, I would absolutely love to see us use James Cook in that in that way. I want to see us use Shakir in that way. I want to see us hell McKenzie in that way. You, you know, know you know what I mean? Like you know what I would love to see? I would love to see the other receivers out there block when that play is called because we call that play and the other receivers don't block it they're like and the guy runs by them and tackles the guy with the football it's like what is happening right now i hear you and and i know because you're big Mm -hmm. on blocking you talk about you're big on block but i I don't think it's not great but i don't think it's as horrible as as it probably feels and and the thing is i just think it's the timing of the call 
And I also think it's the formation of the call because you can run the same type of play, but have it look different. And if you basically go out there and say, hey, we're about to run up the middle, then the defense knows, let's shut down the middle. I need you to to, to make yourself look like you're not going to do something and then do it. And it's like, oh, crap, they did something we didn't like. That's how you win games. You do things that you don't expect. Our defense gets cooked on wide receiver bubble screens, wide receiver screens and bubble screens all the time, all the time. And we are awful at executing wide receiver screens to Stefan Diggs, to anybody out there. And the funny part about it is at some point in time, you think that the receiver, like Diggs would stand up after getting tackled minus two yards and slap the dude in front of him in the back of the head and be like, block that guy. Like we practice this. Just block that guy. You block that guy. I'm gone. Block that freaking guy. Now, now Joe, we don't want Stefan Diggs being called a diva. Okay. I don't think that makes him a diva. I think it's no, a- but no, it does because he he was what game was it? Um he was upset on the sideline and he wanted he just wanted the ball. And, and he, he cried to dig yeah. or he, he cried to coach and all of a sudden, oh, here it is again. Miami 2.0. Diggs isn't happy. Let's just let's just be happy that the team loves each other this year, and like don't let Diggs slap anybody in the back of the helmet. Let's not have that. I don't I don't need to defend Diggs anymore. He's a great guy. If there were more people like Diggs in this world, it would be a better place. And if I had more friends like Diggs, I would have a much I have a good life. But if I had friends like Diggs, it would be a great life. Like like I need I need. He's a great guy. He's a great teammate. A great friend. I don't want him to be a diva. All right, so what is your uh, Josh Allen stat line for this football game? This football game, I'm going to go 285. I'm going to go three touchdowns in the air, one on the ground. Wow. Wow. I think so the the Dolphins are a traditional man team, and they're going to blitz. Um, So the Bills know what they're going to get from this football game, and the Dolphins are not going to, much like the Buffalo Bills, they're going to do what they do, right? So we all know that Josh – not Josh. This offense at times this year has struggled in a zone cover two, Tampa, Tampa two defense. And the Dolphins are not going to run that. They're going to run man because that's who they are and they're going to blitz. I think Josh Allen could light it up. I think he could pull a Patriots game from last year and be in that 340, 350 range with four touchdowns. Um, I think there's a statement that's going to be made this week, and I need it to be made to have confidence going into that Bengals game and to kind of put the Bengals because the Bengals started that football game. I, I can't remember what I was listening to today. I was listening to somebody today and they were talking about the fact that the Bengals came out in that football game, ready to play so confident. In fact, that they took the football and then went right down the field and scored. So they saw something. So I need this game to put the Bengals on their heels a little bit. If, if you follow that kind of logic, but I think, I think Josh Allen's three forty four touchdowns in this game, probably 70, well, could, 70% completion. I could see that because um, I don't think that the dolphins are going to be able to have the ball as much, you know? So I, I do think they're going to like Josh Allen will have plenty of chances at offense. Yeah. So with that being the case, I mean, I'm probably very low and conservative by saying two eighty five, but you know, I, I just think it could, it could potentially be one of those games where, you know, we score so much and then we just start handing the ball off. And then, you know, all the fans that want to see James Cook, all the, all the fans that want to see Singletary do something, mm-hmm. I think we'll see that. So mm-hmm. that's the only reason why I'm saying it. But, no, it, it could very well be like Josh could go out there and throw for 450 this weekend. And, yeah. and I'm saying that with respect to the Miami Dolphins having a respectable defense. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. If your offense can't – if they can't control the ball at all, mm-hmm. And and they can't stay on the field. Your defense is gonna. You remember a few years back, like we had one of the best defenses in the league, and we just could. And I think it was a tie rod year. We just could not 
or, or maybe it was Josh's rookie year when we were like trending to have the worst offense at one point in history. Um, uh, we, we were like really Tyron. bad. I think that was Tyron's year. Uh, was it Tyron? I think, I think that was Josh's rookie year, like the first <clears throat> few games outside of him. But it was like we had one of the best defenses in the league, and it didn't matter because they were tired. Come to end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, because they right. were out there for. 29 minutes halfway through the third quarter if that's what's happening i don't care how good miami is i don't care how good their cornerbacks are how josh is going he's going to just he's going to let some things happen so daryl fletcher says that josh had 400 yards passing in the first game which is true because i won a thousand bucks on a parlay on it he did (laughs) so absolutely 100 true so uh yeah so score prediction score prediction i'm gonna go uh 35 so i'm agree with you um i said 31 earlier but i'm saying i I feel like 31 or more i think it'll be 30 no you know what i'm gonna give my guy um i'm gonna give my guy bass some love it's gonna be 38 38 to 10 Nice. Yeah. I got, uh, I'm, I'm probably 35 to 16. I think they score a touchdown. I think Tua or Waddle gets loose because Tua they, ain't playing. I'm sorry. Hill or Waddle oh. gets loose. Um, yeah. Thank you for the correction. I think Hill or Waddle gets loose because they seem to against this defense, find a way to get lost in that zone coverage. Um, and then I think it's just more glorified field goals from there for this offense. But I think the bills run away with it. I don't think it's ever close. I don't think it's ever in doubt. I just don't think that they get it. They, I don't think they get in our territory enough to kick those field goals. It's possible. You might absolutely be right. Uh, a lot of people putting stuff in. So uh, Larry says uh, 38 to A. <laughs> I think it's a zero. Juan He's Castillo Canadian. Says, <laughs> He's Canadian. <laughs> That's a Canadian number. 49 to 12. Buffalo, no TDs allowed. I like that score. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, G Seal says uh, 28 to 9. Bills um was there some other there was some other ones here randolph moore says uh 35 14 bills i can't see the dolphins getting two touchdowns josh allen gets two touchdowns in the air and one on the ground so he's right there with you so but uh yeah ladies uh do you want me to close us out here oh wait we got some more renaissance man says uh 38 17 and then daniel says uh 35 9 so daniel's oh renaissance always gave us um he also gave us a josh prediction he said, uh, 24 oh, for 34, three seventeen, <clears throat> four touchdowns and run rushing touchdown. Yep. I, see, I, I think, I think everybody's on the same page here. Like again, if that offense for the Miami Dolphins can't control the ball at all. Yeah. And yeah, if they, yeah. I just don't see, I don't see them scoring like that, man. Yeah, for sure. Daniel for, uh, uh Dan, uh, Buffalo Freddy says 30, uh, 31, 14. Eric says 35, 13. Jimmy key says bills by a billion. So, and then, uh, T says Bills by T still with us since the top of the show. T's been hanging out. Shout out to T.S. Dales. Go check out the Natural Average podcast in the 716. Her and Mike do the damn thing. Go check them out. Go check them out. Yeah, Pamela's been here since the beginning, too. Showed up on time and stayed through the whole thing. Go Bills playoff, baby. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned in to the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network presented by Picasso's Pizza. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired, co-hosting with that guy over there, Jay Spence the King, who you can find on Twitter at Jay Spence the King. Code of Conduct, overreaction, post-game show, some other stuff. But uh, you mentioned, I'm sorry, you said Code of Conduct and it reminded me. Tomorrow, I need y'all to hang with me, but it's only going to be on Twitter. So you got to follow Buffalo Rumlings or you got to follow Jay Spence the King. I have an exclusive one-on-one sit-down with Jordan Poyer. We are going to talk about 
everything you want to talk about. <laughs> We're going to talk about the contract. We're going to talk about what he thinks is going to happen next year. We're going to talk about um, the adversity that everybody went through. He's going to give his account of what happened with DeMar Hamlin. He's going to talk about just every all, just everything. We're going to talk about how this defense is different um, playing without Micah this year. Just everything. So please make sure, if you're not following me on Twitter, go follow me or go follow Buffalo Rumlins if you don't like me that much. I don't know why you wouldn't. <laughs> but go and follow us tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Me, Jordan Poyer, it's going down. I'm sorry, Joe. I, I almost forgot. Oh, no, you're good. And then Monday on the Off Tackle with John Fina show, John and I have Steve Tasker. And in case anybody's wondering, I am not getting these people like Thurman Thomas, Steve Tasker, Daryl Talley, <laughs> Drew Bledsoe. That's all John Fina. Joe, Joe you're just, shoot, <laughs> you're just shooting him a text. What do you mean? You know, <laughs> <laughs> along for the ride. So, yeah. So, uh, yes, catch uh, Poyer tomorrow with Jay Spence the King, Fina with, uh, with me, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Tasker with me and Fina on Monday. But uh, for, for me, for Jay Spencer King, for Buffalo Rumblings, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today